Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Waffle Press Mandalorian series. Uh, uh, cantina Hangouts. Hashtag Cantina Hangouts. Let, let's get that hashtag out there because I, I like the name of the show a lot and I like podcasting a lot. I'm your host, Diego Crispo. And who else I like podcasting with a lot is my friend, Gina Versa. You better. Yeah. <laughs> you better. And uh, the, the other person I like podcasting with today is... Brandon Swafford, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm. Uh, this is like a nice Thanksgiving gift. I thought I wasn't gonna get invited back from the last one. Uh, I, I'm invited back so fast, so yeah. so I, I'm I'm feeling good. Uh, I'm I'm just really happy to be here. Thankful to be podcasting with you guys today with two solid dudes and solid Star Wars fans. Oh, because okay. there aren't that many. There aren't that many star- solid Star Wars fans out there. No, you know and, what? I I think I think there are good Star Wars fans out there. I think even Ryan Johnson just said it. Whose new movie Knives Out was just released, and I think maybe the best movie of the year. I don't know yet, but he was saying okay. that um, even with all the vitriol online, it's really just a small percentage of people. They're just really loud, and I think I think that's true because I, I have met a lot of great people through the Star Wars fan community you know everyone everyone's got their, their their problems but no one's ever like i've i've been thankful to avoid the the rampant uh crazy people yeah not not even crazy they're, they're just assholes like mm-hmm. some people are just assholes you know and uh, that's too bad because star wars is cool and it, it should be fun and welcoming and that's why we're bringing on guests for this series to be fun and welcoming to other people yeah, I'll, uh, I was just going to add, uh, well, thanks, Brandon, for joining us. Uh, too many people died on the Endgame podcast, so. Oh, yeah. Oh. Blood, blood was spilled on the Endgame podcast, but it's still one of my favorite episodes I've ever recorded. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that was mine, too. Not, not just because I'm in it, but because the energy was, the energy was there. And yeah, yeah. It, it, it was just a lot of fun to talk about. It, it certainly was. Yeah. And... The Mandalorian is will also be fun to talk about, I think. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. Uh, Brandon, why don't you go ahead and let us know your thoughts on the series so far and a, a brief thought uh, or brief thoughts on uh, Chapter 4, Sanctuary, and then we can get into the, the discussion of the meat of the episode. Cool, yeah. I I love the series so far. I, it reminds me of well, – it. it Takes me back to westerns I used to watch with my grandpa, and my dad, like the man with no name. Uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's the best thing Star Wars has put out in a long time. I think it's, um, uh, all the actors are great, and so much happens in one episode. Uh, mm-hmm. And like, there's so many action set pieces that happen. Characters are introduced, uh, and, and I'm. And I love the baby Yoda um, <laughs> that the Mandalorian and him have because baby Yoda's the kid I want. He's cute and he shuts up and he's used <laughs> and he has some force. That's why I like he's cute and he's quiet. He's perfect kid. Um, and this episode I liked a lot. It um it kind of felt like a Thanksgiving episode. I wonder if Ooh. they if they had it scheduled on here today on purpose because of the the whole harvesting in the beginning with the fish and they had the um the tents and the huts and and uh, they're very welcoming community it, it and the, all the kids hanging out together it kind of 
felt like, oh, this is like a Thanksgiving special, a, a day late. Uh, and uh, I thought watching it, I thought, I guess Taika Waititi has directed this episode because it's, it's so funny. Like the random parts where, where Yoda would be, uh, where Mando and the girl were fighting and then Baby Yoda would pop up and be like, you want some soup after the fight? <laughs> on the, oh, on yeah. The, I mean, it was so good. Yeah. It had, it had really that, great comedic timing, timing for sure. Yeah, for sure. And then Bryce Dallas Howard's name kit popped up. I was like, oh, wow. Wow, she's, I don't think I've ever seen anything directed by her before. And I'd like to see more stuff that, that, that she does in the future. So, yeah, really good episode. Um, this, this felt like an episode that on Walking Dead would be, like, stretched out to five episodes. It would okay. just be of, like, people talking and really taking their time with it. But, no, just one episode, 41 minutes long. So it was like if Walking Dead, if Walking Dead was good? Yes, yes. If Walking Dead wasn't a complete waste of your time. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Because remember when that oh, yeah. show started and it got, like, justifiably hyped because that first season's, like, really good? Yes, the first sad. season's amazing. The first season's amazing, and then you just, you're stuck on the farm the second season, you can't wait to get off. That's, yeah. that's what you get when you kick off Academy Award-winning writer Frank Darabont. Right? Yeah, like, right. what no were you sense. thinking? And this is not an unrelated topic because Frank Darabont was approached by George Lucas to direct one of the prequels. So this is totally on oh, top. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, really? yeah. Like, um, I guess some quick background, like when, when George Lucas was doing the, the prequel stuff, like leading into Phantom Menace, you know, he would go to his friends and he was like, I kind of want you to, to help me out with this or whatever. Right. And like pitching ideas to them. And, you know, everyone told him not to go with a nine year old Anakin, but whatever. And everyone <laughs> was insistent that, George, you should at least do the first one. And you know, like your mileage may vary with the prequels. I'm not. I'm not saying this to be malicious. I just think it's cool that sure. Star Wars started as like some weird nerd property that this dude just created because he wanted to hang out with his filmmaker friends. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, and in um, some ways, I would say John Favreau doing that for The Mandalorian. He's like, "Hey, you want to come direct an episode?" And they're like, cool. "Okay," because who's going to say no to Star Wars? Yeah. You know? At this point, David but... Lynch. David, okay. Well, David Lynch is oh. my favorite weirdo. That's why he's not going to direct a Star Wars. Well, you know, how does he do it? It's like, well, you know, George. Well, Gene, if you want me to direct a Star Wars, I could I'll talk like that. Is but, he um, like? Is he deaf? Uh, only, only in the show. <laughs> only oh, in okay. Twin Peaks. Uh, but yeah, for the episode Chapter Four, Sanctuary, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, like Brandon was saying. Uh, I'm very impressive direct directing work. Um, it's always a little yeah. hard to tell for television. I think not, not in a bad way, just it's cut differently than films yeah. a lot of the sure. time. Um, but I, I, I had a, I felt this episode had a generally pretty strong focus on, uh, on, on the story it wanted to tell. Like it really wanted to go for like the seven samurai type vibe and Gene, uh, and I were talking about it before the show. Um, and Star Wars is very interested in the Kurosawa of it all. And uh, there was a Clone Wars episode that's very s similar to Seven Samurai with a bunch of bounty hunters, Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka, Star Wars fan favorite character. Mm -hmm. uh, and they always seem to be very interested in, like, the plot of Seven Samurai. Mm -hmm. And I won't say that the writers and directors don't understand what makes Seven Samurai work because these are very clearly talented people. Uh, I, I don't think 
they they commit to showing enough of why story works and i think they they get the broad strokes you get stuff like uh this is a full spoiler discussion for the episode obviously but like mando having to choose between like staying uh at some place for the yoda baby who everyone rightfully loves and uh having to go on his own path um and it's kind of it poses the question and then the, the episode chooses for him and it it's it's pretty well done dramatically but i i think the show still struggles with the Mandalorian as a character. So let, let's start off this episode. Um, we're, we see a quick raid on a village, and you know exactly where the episode's going, and that's not a bad thing. It's a cool premise. Right. That's why Star Wars keeps doing it, because it's just fucking cool, man. Because <laughs> when you have a Western in space, you're going to do Seven Samurai at some point. That's just how it works, because it's the best movie ever made. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're quickly introduced to, to Gina Carano. We see the little Yoda baby try to like <laughs> maneuver his way through this, through this little, uh, not even a cantina. It's kind of like just a big hut mm-hmm. where, where him and Mando hang out after they land. And, um, Brandon brought up the, uh, the, the great moment where Gina Carano and the Mandalorian are like, uh, trading fisticuffs and they're, mm-hmm. they're just trying to like one up the other. And then you get the cute little baby Yoda scene. But uh, Gene, I haven't asked you what you thought of the episode yet. What What did you think of uh, the slower pace the opening had to this episode? Oh, My, minus I, uh, the cold open, I should say. Yeah, I, I certainly uh, enjoyed it. Where uh, the uh, it really gave you enough uh, fleshing out of some of the characters, some of the people, uh, the situation. Um, yeah, I was I was pretty satisfied with it. I was uh, just having trouble with. Uh, the inconsistent the inconsistency of the Mandalorian himself. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely feeling that. I'm okay with shows parsing out information. I was a fan of the first season of Westworld. I haven't gone back to it, so I can't really mm-hmm. describe anything about season two. But um, that that was a show that doled out information very slowly. Uh, Watchmen is doing the same thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, uh, Damon Lindelof. I think is a fantastic is fantastic at doing that. I think that's why he, he and J.J. Abrams complimented each other very well for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of would like to see them do more work together, honestly. But uh, very good at also establishing characters and and getting us in their headspace. Like, we know how certain characters are going to react to certain things, just given um, their brief introductions and personalities. And I think The Mandalorian's key flaw, the one thing that's, that keeps holding me back from, like, loving this show is the Mandalorian himself still like he just, I, I, I don't know what he wants and mm-hmm. I'm cool. Even if the character doesn't know what he wants, but like the first episode I think is always going to just hold it back a little bit because it, it I, I don't have an understanding of who this guy is. Like he follows the Mandalorian way of life. He's a, a hard, badass bounty hunter and he also has a heart of gold and he can have all those things. But it feels like it's starting to change from scene to scene a little bit again. After the last episodes where I thought it was handled much better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, Brandon, what's your, what's your takeaway from the Mandalorian character at this point? Because I, I know a lot of people like the show, but I'm not hearing a lot of discussion uh, about the actual character. Uh, I think he's... I, I like that they're keeping him mysterious. Uh, um, but I haven't... I honestly I haven't thought about much of his 
Like, like I've thought about it, like bits and pieces, but not as deeply as you have and what he wants. And like, does he want to just betray the Mando Mandalorian life, or does he, or, or, do, or like, why is he, like, he's abandoning what his duty is in the way of like he has to take care of the kid that that was supposed to be a bounty and was supposed to get killed. Mm-hmm. And, but he's not. But he's not taking off his mask in front. Yeah. Of him. He's not banding in his armor. And I think that might go as far as like, as far as like a human standpoint, you're used to doing something your whole life, so it's baby steps. Maybe he's like, I, I, I can do. I can betray my. I can betray the people. I can betray my boss. And some of the randos are gonna fight for me and be 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 cool with me. Uh, but I can't take my armor off. I'm just not used to it. Or maybe he just doesn't like the sun. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's just really sensitive. <laughs> he, he, maybe he just has really sensitive skin, so when he takes off, he's like, ah, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> maybe, he just, maybe that's the whole reason why he's like, I, I can't take it off because it's just, I'm just going to burn like to a crisp. Yeah, or maybe he's ugly. Yeah, maybe he's just ugly. Yeah, no, we don't. Yeah, the hot widow is coming on to him, and he's like, yeah, I'm not going to take it off in front of you because I'm ugly as hell. But if we're going to do it, I'd rather keep my helmet on. <laughs> no, be- beauty is on the inside. Yeah, but the fact that I know he's Pedro Pascal, he can't be that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, that that's too good looking of a dude. Like, that's just not... Some dude. That's, that's not... Right. A, you can't pull that off. This is an amazing Spider-Man. You can't fool me, you know? Like... Come on now. Well, the one uh, that was kind of weird was when he was eating the food and she asked him, have you ever, when was the last time you took that off? And he's like, oh, probably since I was a kid. And, and he's lo- he's looking outside the kid and he takes the helmet off. Like, no one saw him with his helmet off. You know what I mean? I, you know what? Uh, this no. might sound weird. That was actually my favorite part of the episode because it was like establishing some like narrative link to him like you know he he had something going on there where it's like oh yeah this has like been his life for since he was a kid like he was saying and so the one time like he can feel comfortable enough to take off the armor is when he's reconnecting by watching like baby yoda and the other kids kind of like have their own thing going on like that's what he feels more comfortable with like that's i think it's a very strong statement that he's almost a little infantile like, like he just he never got the opportunity to, to have a childhood, mm-hmm. and so he's like reconnecting there, and that's where he's vulnerable. Like that's a fascinating idea to me. I, I really like that I, moment. Yeah, I'm with you. I like that part. What I thought was weird is that no one saw him with his helmet off. When, oh yeah, totally. Oh, you know what'd be kind of cute if one of the other kids, like like the the widow's daughter, saw him and then she just waved at him and then he waved back and like it was no big deal. That would have been kind of neat. Oh. Oh. Like like to everyone else, it's like, who is this guy? And then the people that understand him the best are the people that he never got to be. Okay. Uh, okay. Do that. Uh, yeah. I, I would bet money that we're going to get a scene like that. But that's that's down the line, I guess. Um, furthermore, in this episode, uh, the beauty of the Mandalorian is that Brandon is right. I, I agree in a sense that a lot happens. Like, definitely mm-hmm. – like action wise, plot wise, not a lot happens. And again, I, I praise the show for this because it makes these these discussions much simpler. 
and because I don't need a million things happening in in a TV show all at once. Not everything's Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones. I yeah. love the streamlined narrative of this, and yeah. I love that the Mandalorian. What works about the character uh, more often than doesn't for me in this series so far is that you can really just hang a bunch of different plots around the character. And you know, like two episodes ago, he was like fighting like a, a space rhino, and now he's like defending a small yeah. village. Like this is. That's exactly the kind of thing I want from a Star Wars show, personally. Um, I'm not big on the whole conspiracy stuff, but like these these standalone things, I I, I like a lot. So uh, we get we get to I wasn't say we get to know some of the villagers, but we really just get to know the widow and the two dudes that hired him. <laughs> yeah. uh, and even then, that might be kind of pushing it to say we get to know them a little bit. Uh, and I think the thing that kind of doesn't Make it and Filoni. Filoni's uh, zero for two in my category for a sol- solid episode enough. I'm just not crazy about it, but in trying to get that that Seven Samurai Kurosawa thing, um, it, it's still missing the villager component to it. It's still it's still missing the 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 more than just genre flourish. It, it needs to to build into something a, a little more more so than just like we're fighting for our home like we need to we need to see more of that i hope i hope i'm not making sense because i i uh i wanted to like this more than i did after liking the last two episodes uh, bryce dallas howard innocent of course though yeah, she, she's the best um i did like the loath cat appearance though for the star wars rebels fans mm-hmm. i don't know if anyone else caught yeah that. i did yeah okay uh, yeah, the Lothcat. It's a little. I, I guess they're close to Lothal because those are just native to to Lothal, right? Um, I think like maybe they could be on other planets. I mean, they're maybe domesticated. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, I guess for the because not everyone watches cartoons like us. Adult men. Uh, uh, the loath cats are that weird creature in the the little diner area, and they're from Star Wars Rebels, which is a, a wonderful little show that you should also watch if you have Disney Plus right now because mm-hmm. Star Wars is cool. Uh, and as as we we go on with the with the episode, um, we get little training montages. Gina Carano agrees to help out the Mandalorian. Um, because I guess you need two mercenaries for, for the job. I like I like Gina Carano in this. What do we think of that? Because I think she's not always been championed as like uh, a great actress. She physically she she's got the action down. But um, mm-hmm. what, what what was our takeaway for, from her performance this episode? I think this was kind of her big comeback. Oh. Mm. I thought she was good. I I keep forgetting her name. Uh, I haven't seen her in that many things. Um. I've, I think I've only seen her Deadpool and Fast and Furious 6, so I don't really yeah. know if she has a lot of range, but from what I've seen, she doesn't really get a chance to show it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure if she worked with um, worked with someone on a higher, but like it worked in a drama or some sort or some Oscar, I'm sure she'd do fine, but as far as like her as a, an action hero and a mercenary, I think she's great. I think she's got She's built like one, and I, I believe her as someone who trained um, the villagers uh, to be mm-hmm. ready for battle. I, I liked her in this. I, I hope we see we see more of her because she's on all the on the banners and posters 
So I, I assume she's going to be in more episodes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gene, uh, what about you? Yeah, I thought she was uh, pretty fine um, in the episode. And, didn't, um, you know, I, I I believe she's an MMA fighter, if you used to be right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, I mean, yeah. The physicality, she nailed pretty well. But, yeah, I want to see more of the character to really, like, give a definitive statement. Yeah, it feels like she's not getting a lot to do. Uh, I still, I still praise the supporting cast of the, of the series because um, if you notice, there, there's a lot of co-starring roles, but then they'll they'll be like Carl Weathers or Warren Herzog who only appear in like every other episode so far. Yeah, um, when they show up. Right. When they show up, yeah, and I, I like that. You know, like you don't you don't need to follow every character all the time. Like again, I really love uh, the idea of this stripped down narrative. Like it's it's just a simple enough premise so you can kind of have these side one-offs and it's like yeah that's also just as cool and valid as the main story yeah um, i mean it, it uh, helps with the budget for sure oh yeah i'm sure it helps with the budget too but it's also just like creatively very interesting to me it, cool. it, it's a you don't see a lot of shows take this approach anymore like uh, obviously the big one you brought up last time i think gene was uh, samurai jack mm. you know very simple oh, premise, yeah. but you know also one of the greatest series of all time go watch primal watch yeah gina told me the first episode of primal and it it owns um but yeah gina carano i, I gotta I watch that pretty good oh yeah definitely watch primal brandon it's it's the shit uh but gina carano yeah, i thought was pretty them. good also also doesn't get a lot to do um i i've never thought she was like terrible if i'm being honest uh she also starred in the steve soderbergh film haywire which oh. is a really solid yeah. little action film but I oh. believe she, she was also dubbed over in post production. So really, yeah. But physically, she she like that was she had that down, you know. And I think the physicality of, of performers is really important to note too. I think a lot of people go to dialogue, and like that's that is part of it. Acting is all these things. Mm-hmm. But uh, someone like Keanu Reeves, who I've always gone to bat for, even before John Wick, is a great physical performer. He he he's got range like emoting capabilities, I guess, if if you want to be more critical of him. But he's a great physical performer, and I think Gina Carano is kind of the same, at least like broad category of of performer. Um, I'd really like for the character to come back because I don't remember them even saying her name. I'm sure they did. <laughs> I, I'm 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 not knocking the oh, show, but interesting. Yeah, I don't think they did either. Huh. Yeah, I'm sure someone will be like, actually, in scene, whatever, at, at minute, whatever, and second, whatever, and you're, you're not going to be wrong. I'm just saying, I don't remember this, um, yeah. which is well, not, we don't, not great. No, but we don't know the lead, the two lead characters' name. We just call them the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. No, no, that's true. <laughs> but all the other characters, <laughs> I... I I, I'm not going to put my foot down and be like, yes, show has to do this. But so far on, on the show's mer- on the show's terms, it has done a really great job of filling out the world with really fun supporting characters. Like, I'm never going to stop yeah. freaking out about Warner fucking Herzog being in this mm. show. Like, yeah, what the fuck? Awesome. that's so awesome. Um, and Gina and Carano, he's the MVP. Oh, he told he's the MVP is. of the show because he he's the one who made sure that ba- the puppet of Baby Yoda stayed on. I don't know if you guys saw that article, but apparently yeah. on the first day of shooting, 
uh, he fell in love with the baby Yoda puppet, and he got a little emotional, apparently. And then they were going to do a take without him, and he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, we're going to do a take with uh, CGI just in case we don't like the puppet. And he's like, you are cowards! Leave it! Leave it! You are cowards! What are you doing? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Warner Herzog is... He's both um, someone I would be fearful for my life around and also mm-hmm. trust implicitly because he is, like, a capital A artist, you yeah. know? And so, like, yeah. he he's a... Same. He's very passionate about like supporting uh, other artists too, and so the fact that he just he's totally gone to bat for this little baby Yoda feels like so valid. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, of course he would. You know, he he believes in in the arts, and like, not that CG is not art either, but like, if you could create something like that, like that's, mm-hmm. he, I think he sees the merit in that. Um, mm-hmm. But tragically, Werner Herzog is not in this episode. What is in this episode though are some little alien bandits who uh, I wish we saw more of. And I think this is also a, a criminal mistake on the <laughs> part of all these magnificent seven, seven samurai things. Um, we don't need to get to know the, the villains more. They just need to, to have some, like they need to represent something because anybody could have a bunch of bandits going in like this. Uh, the last magnificent seven that got made, um, I thought kind of had the same problem. Uh, they're just kind of like these are henchmen we have to defeat. And whereas with Seven Samurai and even the original Magnificent Seven, there, there's a little more going on there. It's yeah. like it's kind of the idea of something, you know, like the dying Old West. Or in Seven Samurai, it's the uh, it's basically it's, it's like Godzilla's Japan coming out of the Second World War and 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 dealing with you know this just overwhelming sense of defeat and like. Uh, that's a pretty depressing movie, even as much as I'm praising it as like a great like adventure film <laughs> to, to anyone that hasn't seen it yet. So just a heads up on that. Mm-hmm. And here they are just kind of like fun henchmen. And um, they also have an ATAT though, or ATST, excuse me. So I don't get nerd rage. They have an ATST uh, mm-hmm. that is, I actually found pretty intimidating and not just because it had red eyes. Uh, what, what was your guys' thoughts on the the reveal of an ATST? I didn't know if we were going to see any of that stuff here. Oh, I was uh, glad how smart it was, because when uh, the battle of Endor happens, they're just all the ATSTs are just like getting like knocked over by logs and uh, like sticks and twigs. Yeah, because so the Ewoks are smarter than everyone. Right. So it was yes. cool to see it not get. Well, at first it had it was a little hesitant to fall into those traps again. <laughs> <laughs> It's all the play-by-play. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, I liked how it kind of had a personality in a weird way of how, um, uh, like, the way it just walked and stalked. I felt like, oh, this machine has has feelings. It's kind of thinking. And that part where he's, like, up on the wall, the I keep see. I'm calling it a he. I, I'm related to, to, the, to this machine. <laughs> yeah, he's like right by the pond, and he's about to go in. I can feel he that he knew the pond was there. He's like, I'm, I'm not going in there. Oh, I'm not going. You, you can't get me this time. And he finally goes in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it was really cool, scary. Um, but I, I'm kind of with you, Diego, on, on the the bad guys. I we we don't we don't know it. We don't really know their motivation at all. We just feel like they just want the food and the harvest, and they mm-hmm. they they don't like these villagers. 
maybe that's it. They, I thought they kind of looked like bulldogs at first, the the way their 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 face was shaped. But um, would you want to see more of of these of these deep, of these um, species in later episodes or uh, later? Yeah, if, if they could, if they did something else with them, you know, if they maybe like I'd like to see a a nice character from the same a nice species. Character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, like, if they're just uh, random henchmen, like, I can roll with it if there was something more going on. But I, I didn't feel that there was, honestly. Um, it's missing the meat and potatoes of a, of a story like this, I think. A lot of the... It's got it's got some heart, but it's still missing what makes it, like, beat. Uh, but, yeah, I'd like to see more. Because I, I like Star Wars. Um, it's very open. And so, I think, like, obviously, these are species that don't exist. But, like, if, if there's a species with, like, a villain in it, I don't want to see that species as just villains all the time. You know what I mean? Like, right. I feel yeah. like that would make the universe feel a lot bigger, you know? And so, yeah. like, maybe, like, the Mandalorian like sees another one, and he's, like, he pulls a gun out on him, and he's like, well, what are you, what are you doing, man? Like, what, what, yeah. what is that? Yeah, that'd be fun. Like, in Dark Crystal, how there's that nice, um, Skirk City, I think, the name of the species, the one voiced by Andy Samberg. Yeah! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm like, yeah, I can see that. That'd be cool. Yeah. Also, watch the Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance. It's the best show of the year. Uh, uh, I, 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 really, I know. I, I still believe this. So. <laughs> I, I don't think you understand how much I love the Dark Crystal, Brandon. <laughs> I oh, went on a yeah. journey this year <laughs> with my love of that series. Uh, I'm glad someone else did. Yeah, I know. There's like three of us. It's a good show. It's oh, it's so I I need one more. I just need one more to tie it up before it leads into the original film. But we, we got we got to go back to Star Wars to finish this up. Um, I really like the like how intimidating ATST was, and like yeah, the uh, uh, Br- uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. She has she composed like this great shot. I don't I don't know if it was like her or like a, a CG team. So props to whoever's responsible for it. But it's the ATST facing down against the village and it's just this this awesome wide shot like someone's gonna make that their wallpaper at some point i believe like it's just too cool of a shot to not end up as one of those and it just perfectly encapsulates the conflict you know like the 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 big monster that's overwhelming the small uh uh like almost helpless village it's just uh-huh. it, it tells you the entire story of the episode right there and then you get to the, the big action. The action, the action is pretty good. Um, I think it goes a little too big for what it earned. I, I don't, I don't think it earned like this huge like. It, it felt like it was going bigger than it needed to. Honestly, a little bit for me. Uh, I think it would have been kind of neat to just have the ATST be the villain. Honestly, but uh, that, that's that's rewriting that's rewriting the show. I think so. I, I apologize for that. Um, they they throw down. Of course, they win. Uh, there's some fun interplay. Uh, as they try to take down the ATST, and eventually, of course, it collapses, it falls over, they defeat it. Um, and as they're all celebrating, we find out that weeks have gone by at the end uh, when Gina Carano says that they've, uh, or um, excuse me, when the Mandalorian says that they brought a little heat with them. So they, uh, he's not going to stick around for long, but he's going to leave Baby Yoda around. And everyone loves Baby Yoda, including the little village kids, which uh, is really touching. And Baby Yoda does not eat this episode. He does not eat a frog this episode, excuse me. He eats a soup like a normal baby should. Don't feed 
baby's frogs. I just feel like that should he's, be said. He's 50 years old. He'll be fine. Oh, yeah, his digestive system can, can support that, I guess. I don't know, baby Yodas. Um, and uh, another another bounty hunter tracking them, and uh, Gina Carano saves baby Yoda by shooting the bounty hunter in the back, and they realize they can't stay there. They fly yeah, off to the next cool, adventure. That was a cool edit. That was a cool edit with um with uh, the when uh, the when you saw the gun was gonna be shot at Baby Yoda and then you heard a and you, then they cut to Baby Yoda and he's okay and then they cut to the bounty hunter that Gina Carano shot. That was cool. I, I liked that reveal. Yeah. I thought that was really neat. Yeah, it was, yeah uh, that would have that was very good. Yeah, that would crush so many fans. That would have taken the right? baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. That would have yeah. devastated them. Do you think they're going to at some point? Because I thought they were going to kill him. And I feel like they are going to kill him still at one point. I'm uh, glad I'm not the only one that feels that. But but go ahead, Gene. I have a, I have a whole theory laid out. I don't think so. Yeah, I really don't think uh, that the moth. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think it'll be like a murder or anything, or assassination or even a shootout. I think it'll just be like the end of Return of the Jedi with Yoda going into the Force, right? Like he, like he quote unquote dies, but he's really just leaving this existence for another. And I think Baby Yoda is going to do that too. And mm-hmm. so, because this 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 isn't me being like it's all connected or anything like that. I just think narratively. For where this fits in the Star Wars universe, you mm-hmm. you, you kind of know that this character has to leave at some point. It's like the same thing with Rebels. Like, spo- like minor spoiler, you know that n- certain characters are not going to make it through because yeah. of of who they are. <laughs> um, and I think Baby Yoda is going to do right. the same thing. Like at some point, I don't know if it's this season, next season, whenever the show ends, Baby Yoda will leave the Mandalorian and go back like to the force and i think the arc that they're trying to do is that he's like a hardened badass doesn't care about anyone and his experience with baby yoda helps him be more open and caring to everyone right so he'll go on and be the best like mandalorian he can be without being ruthless and being like with with having some humanity and that'll be like the big broad arc of the series the problem is that they haven't really set him up as like a someone who doesn't give a shit about anything else he keeps giving a shit about people which is nice, but the kind of I, I don't think it's having the effect they want. But yeah, I think Baby Yoda is a goner um, by the end of this. Uh, but not again, not I in a cool too. way. Just just as a like this, the Force is not not present in between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy, right? Like yeah, Luke, Luke's yeah. Academy obviously goes very terribly, and um, yeah. unless Baby That's Yoda goes there, <laughs> oh. Oh no! no yeah. I don't that. No, that'd be horrible. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, no. no I think that that's no, too dark, no. and I'm I I'm glad no. that that's not a possibility because that would be super fucked up, and I don't think Star Wars should ever be super fucked up. So. Well, I also I don't want like Mandalorian at the end to add it to a CGI Mark Hamill. and then have a, a little baby Solo be like, he's so cute. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I, I don't want that. Yeah. No. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want that either. I I never. I, I love I love Star Wars. I love Luke Skywalker. Um, I never want to see those characters again. And that's I agree. that's, that's I, out of complete like 
revere for the characters, you know? I agree. I'm with you. Except in Rise of Skywalker when we see them as Force Ghosts or whatever. That, that's oh, yeah, fine. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that totally works. Spin-off. Yeah, I don't need to see Luke or Chewie ever again. Yeah, uh, love them with all my heart, but that you, you you got you got good sequels out of them. You, you did the yeah. impossible. Yeah, time to leave them behind. Yeah, and this yeah. is a huge world. This is a huge universe. Let's see other people. Let's see other species. Yeah, yeah. Let's things. keep seeing like the Mandalorian. Such a great like. It's got such a great hook <laughs> for us to be able to see all these different cultures and species and planets. And um, I, I think it, it's still just got this great potential that I, I know people are saying it's like a movie. It's 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 like a movie, and I, I so disagree because a movie would have more time to like explore these things on a case by case basis, you know. And mm-hmm. I I just feel like the Mandalorian is is capping itself a little bit, and it doesn't need to. I I'm enjoying it. I wasn't crazy about this episode, but I, I enjoyed it, and I. I I know this show can be like the best it can be, and right now I'm just not feeling it. Mm-hmm. Those those are my last thoughts. Uh, please, the two of you, wild out. What what did you think about the rest of the episode, and what, what would you like to see next, Brandon? Um, I'm really excited for um, Giancarlo Esposito's character. Uh, he's one of my favorite actors right now, so I'm excited for to see what he's gonna do. Um, mm-hmm. I. What I want to see, uh, I hope there's like a more, I'm sure there'll be like another tender moment between the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. Like maybe there'll be a scene where Baby Yoda's drowning and and he's got, and the Mandalorian's got to save him. And then to save him, he's got to give him CPR and he takes his, that's mm-hmm. how he takes his helmet off. Mm. Maybe. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm just making stuff up, uh, just speculating. Uh, but I, I, I'm what I want to see. I just want to. I hope the pace just keeps going. I hope it doesn't slow down. And uh, I'm I'm loving the show so far. It's my favorite show right now, next to Watchmen. Uh, the only thing I don't like about the show is that ugly Star Wars logo that plays. Oh yeah, I don't care for that logo. Oh, it's yeah. so, if I see that in front of Rise of Skywalker, I won't actually do it. But I'll want to walk out. Because I hate it. <laughs> I don't know I, what's... Just Lucasfilm is fine. Just Lucasfilm is fine. I don't know if they've made it for the common folk to, to put it there and be like, hey, you're watching a Star Wars show. You know what I mean? Because in every Star Wars movie, they have the a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, which I thought they were going to do here. But no, that maybe they, they're just going to have that logo for the series. That's what I'm hoping. I hope that's not uh, before movies. But, but, I mean, you're already in the rabbit hole. If you're going to use it, I guess just use it for the series and, and I'll but It's just yeah, a you know, I, I didn't even think about that. For the series, I, I guess, because I guess they're just like used to spoon feeding audience. And I don't think audiences need it. I think a lot of people will say like, because audiences won't know they, they're watching a Star Wars show. People fucking know. <laughs> if if you're going to seek out The Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus, you know you're watching a Star Wars show. It's not that uncommon. <laughs> um, but in front of a movie, I will, like, riot. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. 
That would be weird if they play a logo that says Star Wars, and then a long time ago, I got to be far, far away, Star Wars is going to be completely underwhelming. Yeah. It's so underwhelming. Well, it's, it's getting stuff. annoying that they're, they still can't figure out what to do with uh, certain aspects of the... Um, of uh, the logos or the titles, like Rogue One just has the, what was it, a long time ago, and then like Solo doesn't have it, and then, uh, yeah, then all their TV shows have this weird logo, it's not consistent, I don't know, it's a really picky thing. I'm I'm uh, cool, I'm honestly cool with the movies not continually doing a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, or an opening crawl. But because of how dense the, the world building tends to be, I also think just it might help on occasion to have an opening crawl. Right, yeah. Just just to help streamline things, you know, because Rogue One just drops you into it. And I like that. But I like I'm that also too. a Star Wars fan and not a casual movie viewer. Like that I can see being like a demand, being like, okay, you need to put an opening crawl so people know what's going on. Right, right. Right. Yeah. I mean, so I guess, guess like with reading, you lose a lot of people. You lose a lot of audience members, not just not Star Wars fans because they love the opening crawl. Most people do. Yeah, that's nostalgic for them. But I feel like most audiences, um, the more generic ones, will don't really want to read when they when they go. To yeah, the uh, I don't know. It's the opening crawl, it's iconic. But um, just wrapping up, I guess the uh, thing I would want to uh, have see or see in the next couple episodes are um i guess like certain closures to uh to arcs um that we've seen um with the uh yoda with the baby yoda getting to know more about him i'm really interested in having him get a name would be nice too um yobo do you want to know where he came from like do you uh, want to know if he's yoda's son no because i mean he's yeah i mean yoda was celibate so I don't think he had any kids. Um, no, I just wanted. No, no, Yoda. Yoda was clapping them cheeks. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that's what the internet told me. Yeah. No, um, I don't like uh, just what how he got to the Empire and all that. How the Empire found out about him, I'd be okay with that. Just know a little bit more about him. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, I'm not super eager to like have everything explained but yeah just just enough to be like okay i see how we got here at least you know yeah yeah exactly instead of uh you know he's not his mystery box yeah i think uh, uh our, our our buddy and, and co-hosting pal matt garingo is is currently uh, uh on on sick leave right now so we wish him the best but he to shout him out he had a great comment about star wars right now and he's 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 liked a lot of the stuff that's been coming out too. Um, mm-hmm. Big might be a bigger fan of Force Awakens than I am actually. Uh, and he said, "Mystery Box is the worst thing to ever happen to Star Wars." And I yeah I think I might I would agree. agree. Uh, I think I would probably agree. Yeah. Yeah, for Force Awakens, I get it. Last Jedi didn't have that problem. And uh, neither did Rogue One or Solo. Those had different problems. Uh, uh, movies that I enjoy, yeah. by the way. But uh, yeah, please, storytelling is not withholding information. It's helping us understand information. Yes. And uh, I think when The Mandalorian gets that down, I think I will be completely on board with it instead of holding it at an arm's distance. You know, they say keep your friends close, your enemies closer. 
that's me with the show right now. I'm like, I like you, but let's. I, I got my eye on you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, thank you so much for coming class. on. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I I really appreciate it. This was yeah. this was fun. Yeah, please, please. Let's try to try to have you on uh, again yeah. soon, either for this or something else, because I, I okay. always a blast to talk to. Why don't you let people know where they can find you online? Because I know you're doing some new stuff. Yeah, uh, you can find me at, at Beeswaps on Instagram. That's that's where um, I'm posting a lot of my art, um, doing a lot of animation, working on some personal projects right now. And you can find me on Twitter, I guess. Uh, I don't usually. Sometimes I put some jokes on there, but um, I don't put a lot of my work on there, so you don't need to go on there. And I guess you can still subscribe to me on Be My Rules. I haven't uploaded a video. I'm a little embarrassed because I, I think I said last time I was on here that, like, hey, I haven't done any videos yet, but watch out. They're coming. They're coming. Something new will be coming. And nothing's come up yet. <laughs> but, but, uh, I guess you can go subscribe if you haven't already, and you'll see what if something does come out, or maybe nothing will ever again. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll look good. And Gene, uh, Gene nine eight nine two Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me at Twitter at the Diego Crespo. Check out the Waffle Press on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Patreon, Spotify. All of those links down below. If you're watching on YouTube. Fuck you too. <laughs> but if you're listening on everything else, that's great too. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, oh, really quick, what does uh, what, what would you guys uh, do for for Thanksgiving, Baby Yoda? What would you give Baby Yoda for Thanksgiving? There you go. That's English. Um, I would give him from like the food I cook a big uh, breaded mac uh, plate of breaded macaroni. I think you would. I like uh, probably. That's good. I thought one. I'd probably just go to the lake and give him a frog. Give him a frog. I know that's what he. <laughs> well, frog I, I know that's what he wants. Yeah, yeah I know that's frog what lakes. he likes. Yeah, and I, yeah. I like to see the carnage of of animals eating I know, yeah. other animals. So. Or escargot. Yeah. 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 There you go. No, I want Baby Yoda to get big and strong, just like his papa. <laughs> so I would put him on Ender <laughs> to hunt the Ewoks. Oh no. Oh no, you're killing the kid. No, no, no. Oh. Baby Yoda is more powerful. No, no, no. He, he lifted a rhino. He lifted a space rhino. All right. I'm cool. telling you. Ewoks and then the way he can, he can just like unhinge his jaw, the, those Ewoks are done. All right. All right. Well, oh, thanks well. for listening. Thanks for watching, everyone. We have been professionally unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs>